Welcome to the Nurse Leader Network podcast with your host, Chris Racinos. Wherever you're going on your nurse leader journey, we're here to help you get there. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Nurse Leader Network podcast with your host, Chris Racinos. Today, we are going to be interviewing a phenomenal guest, Tori Hamilton from Mothericity. Um, is with us today. And she's here to share some really great stuff around telemedicine and the business that she has built. So welcome, Tori. Hi, thanks for having me. So I'd like to kind of start off by, you know, out of all of the things that you could have done in healthcare as a nurse, you know, all of the different avenues that you could have gone into, why did you choose to start your own business, Mothericity? So I'll give you kind of a quick rundown on my background. And so I have been a nurse for about eight years. I became a nurse in 2011 and I graduated with honors and I just took the first job that I could initially. So and it was a great experience as well. So that was in a nursing home, actually, as an RN. Um, And it was a great experience. And then I got on at the local hospital where I live. And I have been there for eight years. Since we're a rural hospital, we look after people from like we have obstetrics, med surge, palliative care. So we look after like the whole spectrum. Um, So I really became an expert generalist in that role. But uh, my main focus was on postpartum care, uh, especially after I had my first child um, in 2012. I really noticed how the services are really lacking as soon as you leave the hospital. So I would see moms from anywhere to 24 to 72 hours while they're in the hospital. But then afterwards, there's no follow-up care or very little. Where I live in Canada, it's very rural and public health has limited resources. So they aren't able to follow up with every mom for breastfeeding support and we have a public health care system, but it's limited to mainly physician follow-up. Um, so anything additional, so like pelvic floor physiotherapy or uh, mental health, any sort of issues like that, many moms have to pay out of pocket and they're not always available either. So there's huge wait lists, um, especially in the rural areas for specialized care like that. So because I do live in a rural area, I recognized that there was a need for virtual care services. So that it is um, available for physicians to contact specialists, but to actually have clients, moms especially, to be able to access services in that respect, I felt like it was really important. So I actually became an IBCLC, which is a lactation consultant um, and a La Leche League leader to fill the gap in our local care services. And I started doing telehealth consults, like virtual consults with moms through that as well. And I found it was really helpful. And I know there's a lot of people that are hesitant about virtual care, but if you think of it, I I remember someone, another lactation consultant, when I was just getting started, she said to me, if you're good at your job, then you won't have to touch the mom or the baby. You would tell them exactly what to do so that she could do it herself. So that was a big drive for me because it's mostly the assessment and watching the latching 
and then and then providing information and then helping them reach their goals and empowering them to be able to do it themselves. Because even if I was um, doing a home consult, which I do as well, they have to be able to do it themselves. Otherwise, what's the point of going there for an hour and a half, getting the baby latched on, and then they have to do it after that when I leave, I can't stay there. So that was the kind of idea. Um, And I also recognized that there was nothing really available on the market. So then I started planning and organizing, connecting with other specialists, our multidisciplinary team, and it just started to grow, which is amazing. That's awesome. I know you kind of talk about this coming from a place of need in rural areas, but I can tell you, living in the heart of Los Angeles, that this is not unique to rural areas. We struggle with how to connect mom to a social network once she's discharged, how to um, ensure that she has the follow-up she needs in terms of lactation and all of the other resources. So I can definitely see how this could apply to a variety of different scenarios in terms of telehealth and the postpartum space. For sure. And it definitely, yeah, like you said, it doesn't, you don't have to be in a rural situation to feel like you don't have a village, right? Because we're so isolated. Even if the we live in a dense population, um, that support that moms are supposed to have, that village isn't available anymore. Um, and it's really hard to find support that you can trust. And the thing is, with online health, a lot of people think that it's not as good as local services. So we really wanted to change that dynamic and provide the best possible care. Our tagline is exceptional care anywhere because we don't want to sacrifice the quality for the convenience that virtual care can bring. Absolutely. I mean, this kind of sounds like what a lot of um, different organizations would want to go to. I see how some organizations struggle. You know, there's been headlines across the nation regarding telemedicine and how it can sometimes have a lack of personal touch in healthcare. And so, you know, we just got in nursing the 18th year in a row. We were, you know, blessed with being the most trusted discipline. And so just kind of thinking about telehealth and how we need to bridge the gap with connecting with our patients and nursing being the prime and optimal source of being able to do that as we're the most trusted profession. How do you think or how do you see the nursing role changing in the next 10 years with the usage of um, telemedicine? So I do think nursing care has been changing for the past 10 years before now. And we're, we are going, moving more into a leadership role, which is great, um, especially with the extra education that nurses are receiving and change, the change from college to university level, um, at least in Canada. I'm not sure it may be different in the United States, um, but as registered nurses, the idea is that we are taking on more of a leadership role and using our critical thinking skills and and that sort of thing. So the fact that nurses, like you said, are the most trusted profession, as well as we're in the middle of it. So we have the highest concentration of healthcare providers, and we can make change 
we are very influential in our role. And we can see where the gaps are as well. So we're in the perfect position to create change in the healthcare system. And I think a lot of nurses prior to now felt powerless in their role because of the restrictions that were placed and the fact that we were kind of reporting to physicians at one point, whereas now we're, we have our own regulatory body and we have our own discipline. I think that nursing nurses are going to start taking more of an entrepreneurial role and thinking of new ideas and gathering teams together and focusing more on the client versus the general uh, healthcare model that we have currently. So collaborating more with the clients to see what their needs are as opposed to what's convenient for healthcare providers. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you. As I kind of mentioned earlier, a lot of healthcare providers maybe are hesitant to telemedicine. And part of the reason, again, might be because of what they feel to be a lack of interpersonal relationship with patients. But some might have other issues like the cost associated with it or um, having to be kind of tech savvy in the telemedicine world. Tell me a little bit about why you chose to focus on virtual care and um, if you have any kind of tips for folks that might be scared to start dabbling in telemedicine. Right. So one of the things is definitely because I'm in a rural area, so I understand that the importance is that clients have access to these services regardless of where they live. So if you think of it that way, virtual care may be the only option for a lot of moms or clients in general to receive access to that care. So if you think of it that way, what's better to have it not accessible at all or to at least provide it virtually? Um, And a lot of the services are very similar. So say a dietitian providing uh, consulting, it's gonna be the same virtually as opposed to -to face-to-face, very similar, um, as well as counseling services, um, because it is is still personal. You are still um, able to catch on on these nonverbal cues through telemedicine. Um, As far as the cost, um, there are a lot of options available now with booking and scheduling platforms, and they take care of the HIPAA compliance and that sort of thing as well. Um, And it's usually like a monthly fee, so it's not a huge cost. Another thing is your liability. So you want to make sure that you are following your regulations and those requirements and figuring out where exactly you can practice. There is a bit of confusion with telepractice because it is such a new service available. So there, you will want to contact your regulatory body just to get kind of sorted with that. You know, you, you um, just kind of mentioned some of the steps you might need to take if somebody was interested in implementing telemedicine. So you talked about regulatory, you kind of talked about platforms. Could you walk us through how you got your started? Who did you engage? What um, was the name of the technology you use? So kind of from A to Z, how did you get started with your business? Right. So I went through a lot of different platforms and the one that I needed had to be uh, PIPEDA compliant because I am located in Canada. Um, so I had tried a couple different platforms and I ultimately decided on uh, Practice Better 
is the platform that we decided to go with um, because it has the telemedicine and scheduling option all combined. So, and it does cost for each provider to join, there is a fee, so it can add up. And I had to be very selective in which providers I added on, initially at least, um, until we start getting more bookings. But yeah, so I have a background in uh, website development and I worked with a graphic designer to create our logo and our focus as well, um, the color scheme and that sort of thing. And then she helped me walk through uh, creating the website. It's created through WordPress and I spent a lot of sleepless nights working on it and it's really uh, grown and it's great. And then as well, I have a background in writing. So I'm an obstetrical subject matter expert for a nursing company based in the US, as well as an NCLEX test item writer. So I can do the technical writing, as well as I have a background with uh, blogging and writing for um, like romper and that sort of thing. Um, other kind of uh, articles for parents. So I created like an article component on our website as well to draw attention from moms to kind of help them. So there's free resources as well. And then we also have courses. So um, I use an affiliate based system to connect with other resources. So other um, companies that have created courses so I can offer them through our network as well. So we have like an infant CPR course that's all online. And so I review them all prior and then add them in if I believe that they align with our mission. So we have that as well as one of our uh, dietitians have created a prenatal nutrition course and a postpartum course. And then we have a natural breastfeeding course as well right now, but we're uh, reviewing other content as we speak to add it on. And then as far as the consults, so it started off with a dietitian that I worked with locally. And there's been a lot of public health like funding cuts, um, especially in our area, but Ontario, our province in general. So and I don't think that is the only place that funding cuts are happening. I think it's kind of Canada wide. And I'm sure in the US, there is always concerns about that as well your health system. So yeah, I connected with her and then she connected with someone else, another dietitian in London. And then that dietitian connected me with a holistic sleep specialist. And then I found a couple providers on Instagram that are already providing virtual care. Um, so I knew that they were comfortable with that as already. Um, and so Mothericity is there is no non-compete clause, so they're welcome to continue practicing with their current practice. This will be over and above. So they felt completely comfortable with just adding on because there's it's um, a percentage that I receive from any consult. So there's no direct fees that they have to pay initially to join on. So I think the great thing about being a nurse and being the, the founder of it is that, like you said, we are in a position where... Um, we kind of know a lot of things that are happening and we know how to connect with a multidisciplinary team. And we come from a place of fairness. So we want everyone to succeed and we just want to make our clients' lives better. So 
I think um, when providers join, joined on, they were very excited about the program because they, they know that there's a need and they also know that I'm coming from a good place where, whereas when they, um, there are some other corporations and businesses that are being created with similar uh, missions, but they're actually created from like the, the CEOs aren't uh, healthcare professionals. So they don't know what really moms need. They're just looking for a profitable business. So I think that makes a big difference. Yeah, that's really interesting. To utilize the services, do you guys have kind of like a membership or is it like a pay per as you go? Or what does that model look like? So our model right now is a pay as you go. So um, whatever the client needs, they can uh, review which professional they would feel most comfortable with as well as um, which ones they can access according to where they live as well because each provider has a different regulatory requirement um, because we have occupational therapists and speech therapy and dietitian services so it depends on location Um, but we also have um, like a doula and like people that aren't regulated as well so they are able to practice outside of Canada and Canada-wide type thing but yeah so they would just with our scheduling software you can just go on to Mother Assidy, choose which service you want, and then each a provider, and then the schedule comes right up, and then they can book right there, um, and then provide payment as well. So once payment is received, then they receive a link through their email to access our secure platform, and then they can do the face-to-face video consult, and then also messaging back and forth, and they can uh, receive resources as well that can be downloaded and yeah it's pretty awesome yeah i mean it sounds awesome i i'm as a mother of five this is something that i totally wish i had especially as a new mom in terms of the support because it definitely wasn't around when i had my kids so this i can just see how beneficial this can be tell me a little bit about why um, your organization really focuses in on moms so it's definitely not provided currently and moms are the primary decision makers for health which isn't really considered in our general healthcare system so there aren't a lot of services geared towards just moms and it doesn't make any sense to me like even research research um, until recently there hasn't been a primary focus on moms or women in general Um, I remember listening to a TED talk, I forget what her name is, but she's amazing. But it was basically about, she's a researcher on breast milk, and there's actually more research on tomatoes than there is on breast milk. (laughs) So Wow. Yeah. (laughs) So, and then it's, it's just crazy. So I feel like there should be a primary focus on moms because it's such a huge transition. It's It changes everything we do once we become a mother. And the fact that we are raising the next generation, and if a mom doesn't have support, she's not going to be able to parent the way she wants to necessarily because they're so she's at a high risk for burnout. Um, and then once you feel burnt out, then you're not you're feeling stressed and you you don't provide the best care that you could 
basically. So we're trying to provide that village that moms can access at any point in time and then not only get the one-on-one care that they may need, but also have resources at their hands that they can trust because there's so much information on the internet. Um, I was at a client's house the other day and she just said like half of the information on the internet should just be wiped out. because there's so oh, wow. much there's so much inform, like misinformation and when you're a new mom you get discharged from the hospital and there's no follow up care what are you going to turn to obviously the internet because it's so accessible but we need to change what's on the internet and pro- provide information that's actually going to help them that is backed by evidence and in a non-judgmental way as well because i think a lot of moms when they receive care and by providers that maybe aren't educated in the postpartum period or in breastfeeding or in pelvic health or or natural remedies or like anything like that, if they're just going to their primary care provider who may be a man and has never been through something like that, they can really feel um, like they're not being listened to, they're not being heard and they're, the problems that they're facing is kind of just swept under the rug and you're expected to just figure it out yourself. So I think women and moms in general deserve to have access to providers and a resource where they can just go on a site and they know that each provider is specialized in providing postpartum care to moms in general. So. Yeah, I think that's super, I think it's a super smart move. I mean, what we know, what the research shows us is that women and mothers in particular really are the decision makers when it comes to purchases, whether that be retail purchases or purchasing healthcare. And so I think to really focus in on moms is smart because number one, we can provide them with the support they need. And then number two, really influence, you know, their their kids and their family in terms of making sure that it's a holistic view of their healthcare should be. And it's not just targeted at, you know, the mom who can't have the baby latch or, you know, the one issue. It really is looking at mom from, you know, a community aspect. So I think um, that's a super smart move. And I think it's something that as healthcare, we should really begin to hone into in terms of making sure that, you know, in this competitive edge that we really are, you know, hyper focused on the folks that make the decisions for healthcare and really providing them with the support that they need to ensure that their family is healthy. And Yeah, for sure. Speaking about um, kind of moms and telemedicine, what other areas can you think of that would really maybe benefit from telemedicine that there might be some gaps in now? So we really are looking at um, telemedicine and like cardiac care and you know, um, telemedicine um, and the mental health space, um, because we know that there's been access um, issues, you know, nationally, and I'm sure internationally with those type of resources. And so, I mean, is there any other kinds of um, areas where we might want to focus and dabble in and, and really push forward telemedicine that we aren't currently doing? Yeah, I think um, telemedicine could be added to pretty much every hospital and it would be successful. And another thing is like, say you have a client in the middle of the night and their blood pressure tanks and you've done an assessment and you need to call a physician. 
Well, having telemedicine to be able to actually connect face to face with that provider and provide, um, because sometimes it can be hard to relay that information on the phone. To be able to speak directly to uh, per your provider would be very helpful. And then for the provider to actually um, connect with that client in the room, because providers, they don't have a lot of time, right? Um, they only see their clients for like five minutes in a day. But at the same time, they're relying on our critical thinking skills and our ability to assess the, the client. But sometimes you need to be able to actually see the client before you can make a like write an order type thing. So that might be something that we look at in the future, as well as um, I know at our hospital, we have a telestroke um, option. So we, we're in a rural area. So we have, we're the telestroke center for our um, local area. But then, so each provi our providers can assess the client according to the scale and then uh, connect with one of the specialists so that they can receive guidance that they need. So telestroke, cardiac, like you said, mental health, um, or just basically on the floor um, for med surge even, and obstetrics as well. So we know that a lot there's a huge lack of obstetricians both in Canada and the United States, um, because there is such a huge risk of liability right now. So a lot of obstetricians are choosing not to, or uh, physicians are not choosing ob obstetrics because of the high risk of liability. So family physicians are taking on that role more and more, and midwives, of course. So telepractice, telemedicine would be huge in that area to be able to connect with providers, even just to be able to relay information and ask, like, get some guidance. Like, say, if a mom hasn't, her membranes haven't, or have ruptured, and it's been close to 12 hours, what should we do? Or, or if the baby's not turned properly, or like anything like that, or any risk of um, requiring induction, just to have a second opinion would be great. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, you know, as we talk about this, Something, you know, just kind of came to my mind. The Board of Registered Nursing, I think, has a huge piece of this. And the, you know, the accrediting bodies for our, our universities and our colleges have a huge role in this in terms of, you know, if this is where the future of healthcare is going, how do we prepare um, our nurses to be able to be proficient in these areas and really think about how to provide healthcare in non-traditional routes. And so do you have any thoughts on maybe in the academia setting what we need to change so that our nurses are equipped to be moving into healthcare of the future? I think um, I think regulatory bodies need to recognize that it is a, a huge addition to our current practice and it's not something to be feared. Because I think there is a lot of fear of the unknown. And once you become more accustomed to it, it doesn't seem as scary. Um, and I think we should be considering what our primary goals are. So I think our regulatory bodies should be focusing on telehealth and providing the guidance that we need to be able to add it to our practice, as well as uh, training and the fact that it's not. Um, something scary to be 
uh, considering because I think, like I said before, uh, virtual care is usually considered as something um, not like lesser than or not as good as local care. Um, and I don't think that's always the case necessarily. It's just how it's provided. So the big thing when I transitioned into private practice as an IBCLC, the huge thing that I noticed was that I had the ability to um, become more educated in my practice. And I felt like more of a drive to do so because I had I had a requirement to meet the needs of the clients as opposed to working in the hospital setting where there's policies and procedures that I have to follow. I was able to create my own practice and think outside of the box. So I think with that, I was able to consider telemedicine more because I was able to think more openly about other possibilities. So I think I think um, we really need to, as a regulatory body, consider all the options that we have and use these forms of technology to better our practice because we know that counseling, like other multidisciplinary members are using these services already. So why can't nursing? So I think um, it's really doing us as as a like a professional body a disservice by not providing the guidance and the regulations and and clearing up what is good and what is not and especially with uh, independent practice as well I think uh, nursing care is really behind the times because we know that social work occupational therapy speech language pathology dietitians they all can work private practice and with nursing there aren't a lot of regulations about that um, and it can really be to a disservice of to our client because what we do is really important. Yeah, I totally agree. It's it's just super imperative, I think, that as um, educators and regulatory folks really start to strategize um, how they'll be preparing for the, the next decade and beyond um, really to get in front of some of the things that we know are going to be incorporated into practice that we're already seeing get getting incorporated into practice and just really ensuring that our discipline is prepared for healthcare of the future. So I totally agree with you on, you know, all of those points that you just made. So I've had an awesome time hearing about the work that you're doing. Um, I'm, you know, just I'm so grateful that you shared with the audience. If they're interested, what kind of steps they could take people wanted to find out more about you or Mothericity, uh, where would they go? So, of course, you can go to mothericity.com. So it'll, you can see all of our services there, um, as well as, of course, we're on social media. So we have a Facebook page at Mothericity, as well as Instagram, which is the same, at Mothericity. And then uh, LinkedIn, you can find me, uh, Tori Hamilton, um, on there, as well as Mothericity is on there as well. And we have Twitter, though I'm not as active on Twitter. I don't get it <laughs> completely, but <laughs> but it's at Mothericity as well. Well, thank you so much for your time, Tori. This was a great conversation. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Mothericity grow, and I'm looking forward to see, you know, how our discipline is going to integrate and grow in the telemedicine and uh, telepractice space. So um, thanks again. No problem. Thanks for having me.